Welcome to another Climbing Hedge podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about a number of things, with the focus being on fear and fear memories and how powerful they are and how you really have to understand the nature of how fear memories work and the nature of that with regards to a female that you're trying to be with, win back, stay with, etc. One of the things we're going to do to highlight the significance of fear and fear memories is also we're going to go through three case studies um, at a higher level to demonstrate just how powerful fear can be and how you, as a partner of a female, have to navigate those fears if you want to bring her back to you, win her back, etc. All right? So I think what we'll do is we're going to start off with a, a kind of highlighting the nature of how fear memories work. And I'm going to give you an example from my own life to make it clear and how it works. Um, how fear memories work is that when something happens that is a fearful thing, fearful things are things that are threatening to you. They can be threatening to your physical body. They can be threatening to your, your mind or your brain, or they can be threatening to both. And so when something happens which is threatening, what happens is that the amygdala, which is a processing center in the brain, it's called uh, part of the mammalian brain or the ancient brain because it's the older uh, part of the brain uh, versus the newer parts such as the prefrontal cortex. Um, but the amygdala goes into action when fearful events unfold. Let's just say I am a person in the brush in, on the plains of Africa or India thousands of years ago and I hear the gr long tall grass ruffling and I look over and I see a pair of eyes looking at me. What is going to happen to me? I'm going to go into an action to survive. Most likely it's a predator. And so what will I do? The amygdala takes over and I go into what's called the classic uh, fight or flight response. There's actually a number of other uh, defensive measures that the, the human uh, can take, but those are the two main ones. But anyways, uh, back to the nature of fear, so I'm in the brush, the grass is ruffling, I see some eyes, I immediately, uh, amygdala takes over, I have some uh, uh, neurotransmitters flowing through my body to increase my energy flow or deaden it and, and play dead, that's another, that's another response. But that's what happens. And when it happens, um, the amygdala in the old ancient mammalian brain, what it does is it suppresses um, the newer areas of the brain, such as the prefrontal cortex and the other areas of the brain that are responsible for emotional awareness. Okay, that's important to remember. Um, and then, in, say I survive that night and the predator after me, um, anytime in the future for you know, a period of time, when I encounter situations which are similar to that, it could be this similar environment, a similar setting, things associated with those fear memories, what will happen? Um, my amygdala will take over, alert me to take action, 
uh, to keep me alive. Okay, that's how it works. Every time that a, a fear memory is recalled, it's like it's like software encoded in the brain. Okay, it's not. It doesn't go through a rational process. But every time um, my fear memories are recalled by a trigger or a cue, what happens is they're they're recalled like a, like a code on software. My body and my mind combined goes into a flight or fight response and I take action to survive. Um, if nothing happens, what happens with fear memories is that every time they're recalled, they go back into a reconsolidation model back into the amygdala, right? So if, if nothing happens the next time and the next time and the next time, after I, re I repeat something of several times or a hundred times or however many times it takes, and nothing has happened, then I will learn to become, hopefully, comfortable with those situations again because I've seen nothing's happened. A really good example from my own private life, I was in a car accident many years ago, driving down the street, a car uh, came out and took a left-hand turn in front of me, he, he was breaking the law, he wasn't careful enough, and he hit me head on. And it was a really, really bad crash. The car was totaled. I was knocked unconscious and injured. Um, but anyways, for about a good 18 to 24 months after that happened, anytime I was driving on the road and I came across, across a similar setting where the roads were, were like that to that accident, I immediately would get in a fearful state. My body would tighten up. I would become fearful. I would look around in a heightened state alert to make sure that no cars were coming. And after about two years where I did not get into an accident, I started to lose that fearful state. And then what I would do is when I would be driving down the road, I would no longer go into a super hyper arousal vigilant state when I came across a, a particular setting that was reminiscent of the accident, okay? Really, really important to understand how this works because the nature of how fear memories work is the same, it's gonna be the same thing if you have a female who has left a relationship, and I'll explain why. Um, but let, let's go through it one more time. I experience a fearful event, my prior experience is recalled, the fear memories. Nothing bad happens, it's reconsolidated as a less fearful memory. But I still stay on a, on a hypervigilant alert for a period of time after that, okay? An arousal state. Okay. Well, let's go through kind of what happens with a female now. Say you have a female and she has left a relationship for whatever reason. Things were bad or you weren't nourishing the relationship or you did other bad things or you cheated on her, etc. And then you're in the process of trying to get her back. Okay. Now, um, how is that? like the car accident or the other things? How does it evoke fears? Well, if she's thinking about coming back in any way, shape, or form, or if you've been talking to her about coming back or doing things to try to get her back, either in good ways or bad ways, good ways that, that we would teach her are bad ways that most men or people would try to do, it's highly likely that she's going to have a lot of fears. What are those fears? Well, she might have a fear that you haven't changed. She might have a fear that things overall haven't changed. Maybe it's the situation in which you live, the housing situation, finances, etc. 
um, and she might not be sure that's changed. There might be some other bad stuff that's happened that she's not sure has changed as well. So she could be really, really, really attracted to you. She might even have great love for you. She might have both. But if she has those fears that you haven't changed or things haven't changed, she's going to be highly reluctant to come back no matter how much attraction she has for you or how attached she is for you. Um, these are the things that have to be balanced, right? Now, she's also going to have some basic fears prior to those, th those thoughts of coming back. She might have fears about trusting you, about becoming intimate with you, not intimate sexually, but intimate in terms of sharing her how she feels and what's going on with her. She may be fearful about trusting you, all those things. So when you're working to get a female back, your wife, your girlfriend, etc., and if you do things that trigger her fears, what is likely to happen? She's likely to run away again, go into quote-unquote hiding, not real hiding, but you know, hiding from you in terms of her communication and so forth. Um, she's likely to distance herself from you. Why? Because these fears are really, really powerful. I'm going to go through some case studies to show you give you some examples of just how powerful they are so you really understand. One of the things that we do when we work with, with men and, and, and people to get their female partner back is we have some behavioral uh, do's and don'ts that we talk about when we're really working to get the female back and a lot of those are based upon not triggering their fears. If you're trying to get a female back and you're constantly talking about the relationship and how much you love them and how much you want to be with them and, and things like that, those things tend to trigger their fears, obviously, because those are all about the situation that they left, right? And so you don't want to do that, okay? I'm gonna give you some examples as we go through it. How powerful these fears can be and why you, when you're working to get your uh, partner back, you really have to be cognizant of these fears and how you behave, okay? Um, so, first case, we had a man that had been dating a woman, they were living together, uh, for, for about three or four years. And um, anyways, she broke up with him. I'm not gonna get into all the reasons um, in, this, in this podcast here, but she broke up with him for some various reasons. And um, he moved out. <clears throat> and when I started working with them, things were pretty bad. Um, they weren't really on speaking terms, um, and so that's always a bad situation because obviously you want to try to keep channels communication open and be friends and so forth and build from that. But anyways, we uh, worked for a period of about six months to try to open back up the communication channels. And we did that through using a series of kind gestures over a period of time to build indebtedness and gratitude. Uh, and guilt on her part, and we worked to make sure that his behaviors were were strong and masculine and secure at the same time. Okay. After about six months, um, there was an opening, and she opened up in terms of you know, communication and so forth, and they started to communicate. We had softened her up through kind gestures, and she was talking to him. Not, not a lot, but they were exchanging text messages and I think a, a couple phone calls. And then he uh, made a mistake 
And he, 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 was, uh, he, he used to write some poetry, but he sent her one of the poems that he had written her during the relationship. Um, probably, you know, he was trying to provide an emotional or memory spark, which a lot of guys try to do. And what that does is uh, triggers their fears. Because when he was just talking to her, he was talking to her on a friendly basis, just as friends. Don't worry, you know, people always say, well, I don't want to get friend-zoned. Um, you, you build from friendship. If you've already been intimate with somebody, and especially if there's really, really strong sexual chemistry, um, chances of getting friend-zoned, you still can, but you can work your way out of it. It's not like you just met somebody and never slept with her, okay? But anyways, he was working things on a friendly basis, and then he sent her the poem via text message. Um, that triggered her fears, because all of a sudden, it went from being just friendly, and now he's signaling his intent. He's signaling his intensity that he has for her. And because she was fearful about, you know, get, opening herself back up to him, she shut down communications almost immediately and stopped answering his text messages and went back into hiding, just because of that one little thing that he did, okay? That's how powerful fear memories can be. All right, they're very, very, very powerful. What he should have done in that situation was just continue to build the communications, continue to build the friendship, go from two or three texts a week to four to five texts a week the next week, and then slowly build that up, make it safe, make it her see that she can trust him, and then work, work it to a lunch date, and then another lunch date, or, or something that's, that's safe, you know, safe dates are during the day, right? Um, more dangerous dates are at night. That's just the way it goes. So you, you build safe dates and you work your way up. But anyways, he made a mistake and she went into hiding and that was pretty much it, okay? Next case is a similar situation. Um, man and a woman, they had lived together for three years and dated. And she, they broke up and she left him. Um, not going to get into all the reasons again about why they broke up. Uh, he had just done some controlling and bad behavior, so she left him. Um, they, would, they still had some communication going when I uh, started working with him, uh, but it wasn't a lot. Okay, So over a period of about three to four months, um, we worked the communication channels as well as some kind gestures to, again, soften her up, build... Uh, indebtedness and gratitude and some warmth and affection and they started texting more I went from you know maybe once or twice texting a week to three to four texts a week uh, to four to five texts a week and then there was one weekend where he texted her and she didn't respond and he got anxious and he sent her a bunch more text like you know anxious text like where are you how can we not responding etc and just that one little thing of him texting like that caused her to retreat and back off and stop communicating with him. Just that one little thing, again, because him doing that is a sign of what? All his other bad behaviors, his controlling behavior, his anxiety, his insecurities, etc. So that's a trigger, that's a cue for her greater fears about going back to the relationship. And again, that ended things there. Didn't proceed any further. She was, she was um, fearful. She ran off. Not ran off literally, but ran off in terms of communicating. And that was it. 
fun. Next case study is uh, a man and a woman who had dated uh, for oh, about a year and a half, two years. And um, she had wanted space, okay? In this situation, it wasn't so much about what he was doing as, as it was about the female's fears from prior things that had happened to her. She was a person that was really scared of intimacy and scared of trusting um, somebody. And so when things got more serious with these two, she tried to escape and you know, she said she needed space, etc. Again, we worked the communication channels. We did a series of kind gestures to open her up. They started communicating. Um, things were proceeding nice and sl slowly, you know, working the texting, increasing the texting each week. Um, they did some, you know, some lunches, going out for some daytime drinking, etc. And then um, they agreed to a dinner date at a restaurant and they made reservations. And when it came time for the night of the dinner, he made one mistake. He said to her, let's meet at my place and then go to the restaurant instead of just meeting at the restaurant. And guess what? She never made it to his place that night or the restaurant. She became really skittish and she backed out, okay? And uh, he immediately knew, and we, we talked about it, that he had made a mistake. Um, because her going to his place before dinner signals potentially some other intent on his part. What's that? You know, romance sexual intimacy, etc., and she wasn't ready for that. So she got scared and fearful, and she backed out. At least in that situation, um, they were able to um, get things back and were able to repair things from there. It took us more time, um, but those two were able to get back together successfully. So um, there was that mistake made. So the other thing, too, I just want to say, there can be mistakes made in this process where the female her fears will be triggered and she'll you know, go back into hiding and run. Um, but again, like anything, it depends on what has happened on the overall relationship. What's the level of damage that was done uh, prior to the breakup? How strong is the relationship? How strong is the chemistry? How strong is the attraction? All these things come into play. So if you are moving forward and trying to um, you know, reestablish a relationship and quote unquote, win a female back. If this happens to you where you trigger her fears and she backs off, it doesn't mean it's the end of the road. Not, not by any means. I don't want to say that. All I want to do is highlight how critically important this is that you be very, very careful and cautious in your words, your actions, things you do so you do not trigger the female's fears um, by the things that you do do. All right? So if you have any questions after listening to this, please um, send me a message and we can talk through it. Until then, have a wonderful day, wonderful evening, and we'll talk soon.